lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in here today, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin and all of you. 888-900-3393 is the number if you would like to join us. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program to let us know what you think about what we think. The last name is D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Over on Parlor at Steve Dace. And check out our new YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Steve Dace. And don't forget... Pre-orders are underway and they are going well for my new book, the novella sequel to a nefarious plot, which we will continue delving into tomorrow for Theology Thursday. Somebody sent me an email that there's a quote in a nefarious plot that says that alludes to when we are absent critical thinking, we're more fun than Joe Biden on Jeopardy. And I wrote that five years ago before what we see now. This is not going to be a fun trip, is it? It's going to be scary. But it's going to be a trip. It, it will be some form of a trip. Agreed. If you want to get the sequel book, it's coming out December the 15th. Pre-orders are available now. You can still get your copy of A Nefarious Plot on Amazon if you want. But get your copy of A Nefarious Carol reserved today so that when it ships right before Christmas, you get it right before Christmas and you do your part. I mean, this is a two-way street. I already did mine. I did the thing. I wrote it. Now you've got to do yours. Buy it. Do it. That's what my kids want. I asked them yesterday, hey, what do you guys want for Christmas? They said, Dad, we want everybody buying your book. So that didn't happen. Like all those times, people on the left, those lefty blue check marks tweet out, you know, I asked my uh, four-year-old what their thoughts were on critical race theory, and they were uh, never, none of that's ever happened, ever. Nor has it happened that um, I, I've asked my kids what they wanted for Christmas, and they said, for all of you to buy the book, I, I'm just, you know, what we incentivize, we get more of, and it's clear that using your kids as pawns to get what you want in life is working for some people, so I'm contemplating trying it myself. More on what you incentivize, you get more of here in a few minutes as well, all right? Anyway, go to Amazon.com and pre-order your copy of A Nefarious Carol today. Coming up later in the program today, our good friend Daniel Horowitz is going to be joining us to take us inside politics. He doesn't know this yet, neither do you guys, but here is the topic that we're going to be addressing. What happens? What happens if Trump loses? Have you guys seen his Twitter account in the last 24 hours? I'm all in right now. Like, I'm all in. It's, it's your Elmo on, you know, light, burn it down gif. I'm totally in. Because he's like burning it down on stuff I care about, not just his own petty grievances. You know what I'm saying? I've got no problem with Donald Trump burning things down. I just want him to burn the buildings that are in my vested interest, not just his. You know what I'm saying? But what would life be like if he had two and a half months almost up there? Because he's still president for another two and a half months, guys. So what happens if he's president for another two and a half months and he doesn't care at all, nor does he have to? Doesn't have to worry about midterm elections or none of that. And it's just power 
and rage. What would that look like for two and a half months? You're in a dark place today, aren't you? I am. Um, what happens on our side if he loses? We're going we're gonna to ask Daniel those questions on his podcast recently. He was saying, hey, we need to prepare for the possibility that he could lose. So let's, be, let's prepare for it. We'll do that with Daniel coming up a little bit later on. We will play our game of buy, sell, or hold, where you will choose the topics that we will be talking about coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Of course, the vice presidential debate is tonight. We're going to discuss uh, that, preview that in the overtime today at blazetv.com slash dace. But if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, we're going to do all the same coverage for the VP debate that we did for the presidential debate last week. I will be on the post-VP debate roundtable. I'll just be doing it uh, via Skype from my home. So if you want to watch that analysis tonight, you can watch the debate, the stream with us at 9 o'clock Eastern, and then the reaction begins at 10.30 Eastern. Use the special promo code DEBATE to get $20 off. So double the typical discount today. $20 off an annual subscription if you're not yet a member on Blaze TV. Subscribe today for $20 off your annual subscription using the promo code DEBATE. When you go to blazetv.com, and remember, you can watch it with us for free tonight at blazetv.com slash YouTube. But if you want the analysis after, you've got to be a Blaze TV subscriber. So use that promo code debate. All right. We mentioned Daniel. We mentioned buy, sell, or hold. That means it is time now to toss it to Aaron with a rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Dropping Bombs. President Trump had himself a day on Twitter yesterday. Evergreen statement, yes. Yesterday afternoon, he announced he's suspending negotiations with the House of Representatives and Speaker Nancy Pelosi on a new economic recovery bill until after the election, citing Pelosi's demands to bail out blue states. After he made that announcement, the Dow Jones lost about 600 points. Later in the evening, Trump then tweeted that he wants a standalone stimulus bill to send $1,200 checks to the entire population of the country. After he tweeted that, stock futures rose again. Also yesterday evening, Trump tweeted, quote, I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in American history, the Russia hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. No redactions. So who knows where that's going to go. Moving on, and in New York City, police there literally rounded up Jews last night for violating social distancing guidelines and new orders limiting the size of religious gatherings. In response, Orthodox Jews gathered on a street and burned a pile of face masks. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo invoked the Torah in his defense of his ravishing of religious liberty. This virus is not coming from non-essential businesses. The virus is not starting in schools. It may be spread by schools. This is about mass gatherings. And one of the prime places of mass gatherings are houses of worship. In Jewish teaching, one of the most uh, precious, um, um, one of the most pre precious principles is saving a life, to save a life. The Torah speaks about how certain religious obligations can be excused if you are going to save a life. This is about saving a life. Mayor Bill de Blasio, your thoughts. 
Checking in on West Coast governors, Washington Governor Jay Inslee tweets, What aircraft carriers were in World War II, masks are today. Hashtag mask up, Washington. California's governor's office tweets, Going out to eat with members of your household this weekend? Don't forget to keep your mask on in between bites. Do your part to keep those around you healthy. Hashtag slow the spread. Checking in on Joe Biden, who held a town hall with so-called undecided voters in Miami, Florida, courtesy of NBC News. Problem is, NBC News featured a pair of quote-unquote undecided voters who had previously declared their support for Democratic nominee Joe Biden on the network's sister channel, MSNBC, back in August. This video courtesy of the Washington Free Beacon. Welcome back. Welcome back, Miami. And the town hall meeting with former Vice President Joe Biden taking questions from undecided voters. Peter Gonzalez has next question. Uh, welcome to Miami, Mr. Vice President. Um, I was born in Hartford, Connecticut, and I've been living in Coral Gables for the last 20 plus years. We get four more years of Trump. Good luck. And good luck with the future attracting younger voters. Let's go to Ismail Eliano, who voted for Hillary Clinton four years ago, but has voted Republican in the past. What's your question for Mr. Biden? Hi, Mr. Vice President. Things uh, you know, that, that, that Joe Biden said during his speech that resonated with me was, you know, what defines America's possibility. Michelle Obama has made an impassioned plea on behalf of Joe Biden. They're stoking fears about black and brown Americans lying about how minorities will destroy the suburbs, whipping up violence and intimidation. And they're pinning it all on what's been an overwhelmingly peaceful movement for racial solidarity. It's true. Research backs it up. Only a tiny fraction of demonstrations have had any violence at all. In other news, a grand jury in Texas has indicted Netflix for promoting material in their film Cuties, which, quote, depicts lewd exhibition of the genitals or pubic area of a clothed or partially clothed child, which appeals to the prurient interest in sex, end quote. Netflix responded to the indictment in a statement, quote, Cuties is a social commentary against the sexualization of young children. This charge is without merit, and we stand by the film. Speaking of movies and TV, disgraced former Congresswoman Katie Thruple Hill is getting a TV show made of her time in Congress and subsequent scandal where she had sexual relations with her subordinates. The show is reportedly going to star Elizabeth Moss, portraying Congresswoman Hill as a trailblazing politician who became the victim of misogyny or something. Moving on to coronavirus news, the World Health Organization has downgraded the death rate for the virus by at least 3.8 to 7.7 times. The new report from the WHO says it estimates one in 10 people worldwide may have been infected with the virus. That's more than 20 times the number of confirmed cases. With over a million deaths worldwide reported with COVID, that drops the infection fatality rate, the deaths from all infections to just 0.13%. Checking in on Sweden as their European counterparts, Spain, France, and the UK, head into lockdown once more. The black line you see is deaths per million, according to the website Our World and Data, and compiled by researcher Yudin Weiss. And finally, this. I just, uh, I take this opportunity to say that if you're seeing this video, it means that, um... You're still, you're still alive. And so you can still, you know, uh, do stuff. Okay, so have a super awesome day. Bye. And that's what happened while we were away. That makes as much sense as anything that we have watched in 2020. 
Aaron's Montage brought to you by Gabby Insurance. You know, when you've had the same car insurance or homeowner's insurance for years, you kind of get trapped into paying your premiums and not even thinking about it. That makes it really easy to overpay and not even realize it. So stop overpaying for car and homeowner's insurance. See about getting a lower rate for the exact same coverage you already have. Thanks to Gabby, they take the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers, including big names like Nationwide, Travelers, and others. Uh, You can just link your current insurance account, and in a minute, you're going to find out, uh, hey, are, are you paying too much? What are the quotes for the coverage you have or that you want to move to? I did it, actually, and found out I've already got the best deal. The number one deal it offered me was what I already have. So it'll tell you that, too. I mean, uh, they want to make sure that you're getting the most bang for your buck. So if you are, you get it confirmed. Nothing wrong with that. That's why you want to check Gabby out. It's totally free to check your rate. Oh, they don't ever sell your info. No annoying spam calls or uh, robocalls. None of that either. All right. So it's free to check your rate. There's no obligation. It takes just a few minutes. You can do it right now. Uh, Stop overpaying on your car and home insurance. Go to Gabby, G-A-B-I, G-A-B-I, Gabby.com slash Dace. That's Gabby.com slash Dace. Yeah, the the World Health Organization base should have the uh, should have had its Twitter account uh, suspended yesterday because it it just told you that the IFR that's the infection fatality rate, meaning the number of people that are infected um, and the ratio of them that end up sadly perishing. Point one three is the flu. That's what the flu is. That's what it is, 0.13. So am I doing this right? Right? You get banned for uh, or an advisory for comparing COVID to the flu. That's what the World Health Organization did yesterday. Rasmussen has a poll out today. Number one pollster, most accurate of 2016. Their poll today has Biden plus 12. And that poll is claiming that Joe Biden is going to outperform FDR's final reelect in 1944 in the middle of World War II when he was winning the war, when he was winning it, when we were on offense. Remember, remember in June of 1944 is when we launched D-Day. November of 44 is when we would have had the election. Much of World War II was considered won in the European theater by November of 1944. We were debating how do we close the war in Japan. The walls were closing in on the Nazis in in the European theater in in the fall of 1944. We were debating how do we get there with Japan? Do we island hop? Do we develop this new weapon called the atom bomb that we were testing at the time? But he had the wind at his back in November of 1944. And Rasmussen says today, that Joe Biden is going to outperform FDR's final reelect popular vote margin in 1944. Hmm. Okay. I guess it's settled then. I want to talk for a minute here about what is at stake on November the 3rd. And then what's at stake on November 4th and thereafter. There's a lot of people living in suburbs where I reside that think if you just get rid of Donald Trump, 
the media won't be as biased. The left won't be as radicalized. And we will just return to some kind of normal. You know, the, the normal we had before Trump, where the Supreme Court decided it could reinvent what the definition of marriage was. You know, stuff like that. That normal. Where we just fought endless wars over and over and over again with no prospect of even understanding what this victory looked like. It was just our job to play Middle Eastern mall cop. You know, the normal we had then. When your healthcare, what was it, 20 million of you lost your healthcare or whatever because of Obamacare. That normal. We had the slowest economic recovery in American history. That normal. That one. See, the exact opposite of that is true. The exact opposite is true. Whatever you incentivize, as I said a few minutes ago, whatever you incentivize, you always get more of. And the left and its media will be incentivized. That insurgency works. Furthermore, the American left was always going here anyway. If Trump accomplished anything here, it's that they thought he was unpopular enough that they could just be honest now. But this is always where they've been headed. It's, it's where they headed everywhere else in the West because this is what these leftists are. They're deconstructionists. The goal is the deconstruction of Western civilization. Nothing more, nothing less. The Democratic Party thought it could cynically harness this energy of these leftists in order to use them to obtain political power over Republicans that for the most part, until the last couple of decades, they largely had technocratic disagreements with. But once unleashed and mainstreamed, a religious fervor such as this cannot be contained. That's what this is. I've been telling you for years, since before these guys came to work here, progressivism is not a political ideology. It is a religion. And, and such radicalized religion cannot be contained. It can only be defeated. Or it will sweep across the countryside like you saw radicalized Islam sweep across places like Asia Minor, where Christianity was originally founded, flourished, and then conquered. And it wasn't because they had debates. It wasn't because, hey, so you bring, you bring your sheikh, your caliph, we'll bring our pastor, our, our, our priest, our elder, our overseer. Let's just have like a debate here in um, Cappadocia. Yeah, we'll just have, we'll take a straw poll afterwards and see what religion, ever, no, no. They took the simtar to the throat. That's what they did. The leftist pagan religion has swept through the Democratic Party that cynically thought it could contain it. And make no mistake, it will sweep through the rest of this country once it is empowered to do so. History shows such movements cannot be prayed away. They will be preying on you instead. It's, we fight wars. You don't think anybody ever thought, you know what? Let's pray that Mussolini's toppled. Nor can they be pushed back with the flowery rhetoric 
you know, we, we've talked about all these judges that Trump has appointed. It's something like 200, right, to the bench or something like that. Um, some of you may think, well, you know, hey, if he loses, we've got these judicial appointments and, and they'll safeguard us. They'll hold back. Uh, ask, you have any family members living in Michigan right now? Ask them what they think about whether leftists care what judges have to say. They don't. They flaunted judicial power when it got them the power they wanted, and then when the judges will stand in the way of it, they'll just ignore them because the only power they respect is their own. If you do not defeat such movements peacefully at the ballot box, rest assured you will be forced to confront them elsewhere because they don't stop, they don't ever stop, they can't stop on their own. Even while you're just trying to enjoy a night out, a drink, a dinner, as we've seen, have we not? They will come to you. They will seek you out. You've already seen the proto version of this throughout the year with these marauding bands of rioters and disruptors, uh, cynically labeled by their sycophant media charlatans as, quote, peaceful protesters. If they are successful on November 3rd, we will have sent them a message that this works. Thus, you're going to get more of it. And then worse. See, this election isn't about Trump. It's about us. Trump is largely a distraction that we have distracted ourselves with. And I've played a part in that, I have to admit. Uh, The idea that you either have to adore everything about him or you hate America. That you have to rue everything about him or you have sold out. Blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. You know why this game of Trump is so exhausting? Because most pointless things in life are. See, while we've been playing the Trump game here amongst ourselves, the left has taken the mask off while forcing you, of course, to wear their ineffective burqa everywhere you go and slap a face diaper on your children also, of course. It's all out in the open now. They're not even hiding it now. They no longer think that they have to. They used to be like the William H. Macy character in Fargo. You sure you don't want the undercoating? It comes with a great car. Now they don't care about the car. I mean, it's a tool of the oppressive capitalist state, of course. They just sell you the undercoating, and you'll like it. You will have. You will have Drag Queen Storytime Hour, and it will be at your small-town public library. I promise you, you will have it. You will have child porn next to the Christmas special your kids are watching on Netflix. You will You will have openly Marxist propaganda on the courts of your NBA playoff games while they also peddle the propaganda of the same Chinese government that infected the world with this contagion. Um, You will have critical race theory scams preached in your Southern Baptist Convention pulpits. You will. You will. There is nowhere you can retreat to. No place that you can hide. This Marxist revolution will be televised and you, you 
living your Pleasant Valley Sundays in the suburbs, you will be its captive audience. You will be. So you can stay home. Don't vote for Trump. Don't believe he's earned your vote. You're entitled to do that. I've done that myself in the past, and I'm not frankly here to argue with your conscience. It's not like Trump hasn't done things to annoy or alarm people. (laughs) I've spent a good deal of time the last few years detailing those things myself. I'm still detailing this, and I'm going to vote for him. I'm not here to convince you otherwise. I'm simply making sure everyone here, we're all adults, and we all understand the stakes of the decisions being made. That you understand who your enemy is, because it certainly sees you as its enemy. As all rival religions do once they're radicalized. But then come November 4th, I'll make you a deal. I'm not going to sit here and try to guilt you or anything like that. I hate that crap. I hate when people do it to me. I'm not doing it to other people. But in return, I look forward to seeing your plan on November the 4th. I want to see what's your plan uh, for how to stop a Marxist insurgency that will now be fully incentivized, fully empowered, with a senile figurehead sitting in the most powerful office in the world that gives them the cover behind the scenes to manipulate things and threaten your way of life in ways that Barack Obama could have only fever dreamed or vain imagined. I look forward to seeing your plan. Please reveal it. I look forward to seeing it. Because everything they'll do to you will be now called your new normal. Make no mistake. When and if Donald Trump goes away, these leftists will still be here. For they are right now where they've always wanted to be. In your face. And they're not going to go away unless you make them. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Whew. Thank you, brother, for that. I'm, we all need to hear it. Listen, not voting for Donald Trump last time and uh, hey, letting the chips fall away in my mind is like, you know, if you're going to give up on an actual conservative like Ted Cruz, we all need to see how the consequences of this play out or what happens if you get Hillary. But the consequences are here. I didn't. I wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump again because I didn't feel like we this culture fully understand had an opportunity to fully understand, as Steve said, in your face what the consequences of not being serious about taking the reins of America. But now what we've learned is we all we listen to Cuomo, listen to Whitmer in Michigan. They they, they are absolutely who we thought they were and now it's all dialed up to 11 there's no secrets it is i am the senate it it, it's not palpatine anymore it is the emperor so again i'm not going to go shaming anybody before or after i I totally agree on that if you tell me i just couldn't pull the trigger for trump he has earned it i I need to echo that steve's right but he did make the worst management decision in american history (laughs) handing the country over to fauci and burks for four months let us not forget that but then you better know what is your plan then on November 4th? Because these forces are not going to go away mm-hmm. because he did. Quite the contrary, they're going to be emboldened all the more. But I, I, I'm voting for Donald Trump because they hate me. <clears throat> and I ain't going down like that. Listen, 
this country is careening if and it has been for quite some time towards a future a dystopic future of cultural marxism being forced down your throat every which way and twice on sunday i'm not afraid of that future i don't want it though i don't want it listen when we talk about romans 13 in our system of government we're the ones empowered we are we're the leaders is this what you want and i'm not saying that again this is so difficult because of our two-party system this doesn't mean that donald trump cheeto jesus saves does he provide the adequate body speed bump just a, a, something you can throw up as a human shield will he provide that for at least another four years that's the decision that I think a lot of people are grappling with. And that's the decision that we have to make, each one of us. We'll come back, play Buy, Seller, Hold next. You know, the uh, pandemic hasn't just tested our country's economic endurance, but it's exposed how living an unhealthy lifestyle uh, can increase your risk. One of the comorbidities that's, or the two that are uh, the most dangerous with COVID are morbid obesity and diabetes, which often goes along with uh, morbid obesity. That's why take as many preventative health measures as you can with things like Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition every day. While other health products boast about one vegetable or two, Field of Greens is packed with a dozen clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables, plus green tea, ginger, uh, beets, a lot of other things that make up a powerful combination that supports uh, heart health, uh, a healthy immune system, metabolic health, uh, good blood pressure, digestion, etc. It's loaded with antioxidants, pre, probiotics, put in just one scoop in any water-based drink, shake it up, and you're good to go. So why settle for just one vegetable when you can have pretty much all the ones you need with Field of Greens? Go to BrickHouseSteve.com right now and save 15% off of your first order uh, in a 30-day supply with the offer code Steve at BrickHouseSteve.com. If you decide to stick with it and subscribe, they'll throw in an extra 10% off every month with the same offer code as well. So BrickHouseSteve.com to try Field of Greens today. That's BrickHouseSteve.com. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold each week at this time. Our producer Aaron, with some help of those of you in the audience, puts forth for Todd and I a series and a set of, of ideas, predictions, prophecies, etc. that Todd and I will decide. Are we buying that? Are we selling that? We'll maybe have a good reason why. And then because of the crazy, pardon me, because of the unprecedented times in which we live, check the box, um, we are permitted as many holds as possible. Gentlemen, this week I want to begin differently. I'm going to give each of you a buy, sell, or hold. All right? Okay. Fiendish Fauci is out there saying if we're not careful and don't do more lockdowns or shutdowns, we could see 400,000 people die next year with a second COVID-19 wave. Buy, sell, or hold? Buy. <laughs> Let me finish first. If Joe Biden wins the election, 
there is no possible way we are counting 400,000 COVID deaths next year, no matter how bad the virus may or may not be, no matter which mitigation efforts we may or may not do. And if he were president today, we wouldn't be at over 200,000 deaths for this year either. Buy, sell, or hold. Now I'm selling because they are just this brazen, as you just pointed out for all the reasons before. In the first segment, you know what they're going to do? They're going to keep. They're going to keep counting all the deaths. They're going to start. They're going to start finding roadkill with COVID and count that as a COVID death. And this is going to happen, except it's only going to happen in red states. Only, only in red states because they are just that brazen. Hmm. That's an interesting analysis, Todd. What do you think? I am going to sell based on level of certainty and this is you and i have a disagreement too along the lines of normalcy returning you know with football and things like i totally agree about how things would have been different with the two hundred thousand number but once you stare into the mouth of madness long enough that psychosis they have a taste for things now everything you laid out in how they want to control us I think Aaron's right about state to state, who's in charge, who they want to mess that. with. Yeah. It's just... I could see that, but holistically, they're, they're, they're okay with crashing all the markets on their watch. They're okay with closing all the schools again and everything on their, mar- on, on their watch. Do you think they're okay with that? I, I don't. I think they... I don't. There's just... Well, you, it's not... They don't want the normal that we want. I agree that they don't want the normal that we want. I don't... I, don't, I agree with that. Okay. You're just, In fact, you're they just, hate it and they want to You'll destroy. just wear the mask. That, that's their religious symbol, talisman. Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's your armband, okay? Um, if you catch the historical reference I'm making. You'll just wear the mask. It's the proto version of taking a mark. The mask is the mark. Cuomo and Whitmer and the mob, they, they all want more than that. Okay, nice. Aaron, you're up. All right. Uh, any more buy, sell, or hold from you? No. No, okay. that might be my I, one and only. It's the first time I've I, ever done it. No, so. I like that. Okay. Just do that some more. Uh, first one from Jimmy Filth, who says, the last chance we have at a great bipartisan bill would be to break up big tech. Sell. I think there's a chance you could pro- could have done it earlier this year uh, with some of the rhetoric that Elizabeth Warren was talking about, you know, basically um, attacking them as a Ma Bell which they are. But I think if they win this election, no way. Um, it, I've used this historical reference before, and, and Rush talked about this years ago. It's the actor Ron Silver. And he shows up at Bill Clinton's first inauguration in the F-16s or whatever flyover. And his, you know, he's him and his wife are big-time hippies, anti-war activists, anti-nuclear proliferation, etc., and his wife is like, hey, you know, we, do we want that, that, that sort of authoritarian, militaristic uh, display here at, uh, you know, uh, Flower Child Bill Clinton's uh, inauguration? And Ron looks at his wife and says, well, those are our plans now. And um, this is going to be their big tech now. So if, 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 if they lose, then my, you know what? My answer comes down to, do you think Trump or Biden wins? If Trump wins, I think you could get a bipartisan deal. Um, because they're going to want to get some, because I think they're concerned that Trump will just unleash hell unilaterally on these individuals, on these, on these groups. So they want to cut some kind of a deal. But if they win on November 3rd, you'll never see a bipartisan deal reigning this in. In fact, I mean, 
this is going to become a Black Mirror episode. What's going to happen with these social media networks? They're going to run your life. I mean, that the greatest Black Mirror episode is the one with oh, uh, Dallas, really, yeah, Bryce, Bryce, yeah, the really pretty Bryce redhead. Dallas it's Howard. Ron Howard's daughter, yeah. right? Okay, where they're the whole culture is judged by your social credit score. I mean, that episode's like four years old. It's prescient. I mean, that that's far more likely to happen than any kind of bipartisan bill if they win in November. Todd, yeah, I'm I'm selling. There's no we're in the middle of a civil war. There's nothing that's going to happen that's bipartisan until yeah. we have a new normal. Ryan Ben says, unlike most second term presidents, Trump would be more conservative in his second term because people on the left will continue to treat him as illegitimate and refuse to make deals with him. You know what my policy is? Anything asking what Trump would do in the future, I just is an auto sell for me. I have no idea. I I'm far more fascinated by. Especially when we're talking about a four year period. Okay. Um, I'm far more fascinated in the short term if he were to lose, what would the next what would those final two and a half months of his presidency look like? Like if, if you just got up and all UFO evidence was just released and unveiled, would that shock you? No. No. Like I, I think if if or lack thereof, maybe we don't uh-huh. have any, who knows? Okay. But um I'm just using that as an example. Like I mean if if there were guided tours through Area fifty one for Christmas, would that shock you? <laughs> No, no, wouldn't shock me. Like if he just decided, you know what? And could, oh, and I'm and I'm thinking this because of what I saw from him on Twitter last night. I mean, last night he basically said we're going to unveil every. We've been trying to get him to do this for three years. Just declassify all this intel about how they acquired these FISA documents and warrants, and let us know you know where the chain of evidence is. Now we'll see if he follows through. That's always the big thing with him, right? Okay. But I think, you know, I, I could see those last two and a half months just being the daily Elmo burn it all down gif. That I could see. Trying to figure out what Trump will do for four years, I, I have no idea. So I'm out. So. Plus, just uh, he's not conservative. He never was. He never will be. He doesn't want to be. He's just Donald Trump. That's yeah, it. I, I buddy Matt Walsh was tweeting out today, you know, he's all over the place. There was no that's there is there's never a plan guys and it frustrates me too but i think we should also acknowledge that the guy did become a billionaire somehow he did acquire the highest office in the land somehow okay so while there is certainly collateral damage that goes along with the random acts there's there's no ideology there's there's no plan there's just random acts of of trump living on instinct but most Americans live on instinct. Most Americans live paycheck to paycheck. Most Americans live that way to some degree. They can't do it to the flourish that he does because they don't have the power nor the wealth that he does. But on a base level, most, how many people do you know live with a plan? You know what I'm saying? Right. Most people don't live with a plan. Most people live instinctively. And that's, that's who Trump is. And it has served him overall. That doesn't mean there has not been collateral damage because there has been. But I, I, it's like I told you guys after the debate. I, I think you just need to consider these two guys are pushing 80 and they're finished products. They are what they are, you know? I mean, I could see what you're suggesting happen. 
I, I could see him decide, hey, on my way out, I got to make good with all my Democratic buddies. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I do know who they are and what they will do. I do know that. 100%. Because they've made it certain to me. They've put it, they've stated it plainly. They're not hiding it. I mean, Michelle Obama came out of hiding yesterday to tell us to, to, to go over the peaceful protest uh, bromide all over again. Okay? So... You know, I'm not denying that um, the guy sitting over there at the Praetorium is erratic. I'm not. Am I, am I denying that? No. Am I? Am I urging other people to um, cast inspirations upon him that would be naively reckless? Am I doing that? No. No. I'm also not denying, though. I know who those. I know what's coming over the wall because I'm watching it happen in real time. Guys, MSNBC put on a Banana Republic, or NBC put on a Banana Republic event with planted, not planted voters, etc. Just right out in broad daylight. Don't even care. Don't even care. I mean, yesterday they said that Ken, they they said that James O'Keefe bribed this Ilan Omar vote harvester with a ten thousand dollar payment. Now, maybe he did, but. If that's true, if you were the Democrat Attorney General of Minnesota and you could nail a pest like James O'Keefe, would you not do it? Oh, yeah. So where's the investigation at that he bribed this guy for fraud? Have they mobilized any investigation? Are they? That's, that's quite an accusation to go mm-hmm. on television and say, James O'Keefe paid me 10 grand to lie. Wouldn't you like to know what the truth is? Yes. I mean, if you're a lefty, wouldn't you like to bury James O'Keefe in a hole and then bury the hole? Has he not been since the acorn days when he started getting people fired then? Has he not been a problem child for you? Yes. Wouldn't you love if you caught him red-handed? Who's that one Trump dude that does the stupid griffs all the time and gets busted? I can't even remember his name. Oh, uh, Wool. Jacob Wool. Yeah. If you caught if you caught if you caught James O'Keefe playing in the Jacob Wool pond and you were the Democrat attorney general of that same state, would that not be a scalp you'd want to claim? Yeah. Well, it's been more than 24 hours since that accusation was made on television, on camera. Where is Keith Ellison, the Attorney General of North Carolina, of Minnesota, to claim his prize, to claim the great trophy of James O'Keefe? I, I mean, I'd be all over. Wouldn't you be all over that? Yes, I would. I would, too. So why isn't he? I don't know. Who knows? Up next, Dueling Politics says if there is a Democratic Hal Lindsey fan out there, they're freaking out over Trump's miraculous recovery from COVID-19. <laughs> so you probably don't know what this is a reference to, Todd, but one of the things that happens in uh, certain premillennial dispensational mm-hmm. interpretations of end times events is that the Antichrist essentially is fake resurrected by the devil suffers a wound and is kind of pseudo maybe fake resurrected the wrong word basically pseudo, indwelled pseudo, with yeah, satan yes, himself yeah it's a pseudo resurrection meaning that the antichrist and, and satan are now merged satan possesses the antichrist um and lives through his body to make it appear as if this has been a resurrection a counterfeit resurrection to christ okay <laughs> oh God, I just Todd's like face. I just like keeping the camera on I know. Todd. And Todd's like, 
And so you guys like think we're pagans because we like wield <laughs> oils and and we have yep. smoke. And you guys, and this is the fairy tale you guys are telling yourselves, right? Is that you know you want to say that out loud? Okay. You you guys have your you guys own... laugh at our headdress, and you guys tell yourselves this story. This is your story. We all have our smells and bells, man. Yeah. We all do. Well, that's this is ours. Did you see the so great... step off? The, the person who pointed out the fact that Trump got released from the hospital the very day in Egypt they opened up that sarcophagus. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. <laughs> I'm in. That, oh, I, I, that you good. know what? I love that reference, though, so I'm going to buy it. Yeah. That's, a, that's, a, sure. that's a smart reference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll buy it. I, yeah. I did see one of my friends, though, uh, the other day on Facebook uh, who, is, who has become a lefty in the time of, of Trump uh, share a, a link to an article that made a very compelling case <clears throat> that Donald Trump is the Antichrist. So there's that. Uh, conservative libertarian millennial says debate drinking games will be linked to someone dying of alcohol poisoning, but the cause of death will be officially listed as COVID related. Bye. Bye. Next, John Prudlow says the Buffalo Bills will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year. Are they for real? Dude, have you seen Josh Allen's passing numbers? It's ridiculous. And like and going back to the end of last year and then the start of this season, it's dude, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a video game. It it is it's it's even it's like it's Pat Mahomes like is what it is, okay? He's loaded with weapons, man. They got a ton of talent around him. In some respects, their offense is too good now that their defense, which was great last year, is on the field. It's getting gas now. If you know this, as a Chiefs fan, you guys score so quickly, the defense has to go right back out there. But um, I I could see that. I could buy that. Yeah. I could buy that for sure. I could see it. I I like the thought of it. I'll sell. I'll take the field. But talk to me in about, you know, six or seven more weeks. I mean, I don't think it's nuts. I could buy it. I agree. It's not nuts, but I'll sell. Uh, uncomfortably dumb says college football. I love that. That's great. College football never returns to the traditional model of non-league cream puffs and instead goes with games only between power five opponents for the entire season. Bye, 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 bye. Because it's what I've been saying forever needs to happen. The old system is fraudulent. There shouldn't now, of course, now we're into the money. Right. So it's it that's you can never have a conversation that's really just about the merits of what happens on the field. It's about this, you know, the reason the Mac isn't playing because they don't get the money from those games. So I get it. I I love watching Fresno State at midnight on a Saturday night. I love that. But if it goes to all power five, you know, those leagues aren't going to have much money. I will buy, but I think it will be tied to the expansion of the playoff. So that the idea of a three or four loss team making a playoff in a 12-game schedule isn't as offensive to people as it would be with only four teams. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. Can we pick up on this topic when we come back? Really, I want to ask you a question. You bet. We'll do that when we come back here. If you're asking me to talk college football, I guess I will indulge you. Next. Greetings back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. That's Steve at SteveDace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. That's how you can email the show. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show over on Parlor at Steve Dace. Check out our new YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash Steve Dace. Also, don't forget, if you're a podcast listener, we 
appreciate you very, very much. But if you wouldn't mind showing your appreciation for us in return, uh, click that subscribe button wherever you choose to podcast from. Leave us a five-star review uh, as well. The more of those we get, the more it helps the podcast to grow. And we want to thank each and every one of you that has done that for us already. Also tonight, I'll be a part of the post-debate analysis here at Blaze TV for the vice presidential debate. The good news is they asked me to be a part of the team. The bad news is that now means I must watch it because I wasn't planning on it. But now I have to. So, No, I'm not confident that Mike Pence can reset a narrative. No. Why would you say that, Steve? I, 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 I've seen how he resets narratives before. Um, he can reset narratives, just never the ones you want. Yeah. Or yeah. The, the way that you want. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's got some nice hair, though. Forgive me, I'm I'm not confident that while Kamala is up there tonight behind, I don't know, every piece of plexiglass in America, the guy whose handiwork was the coronavirus task force and the appointments of Anthony Fauci and Debbie Burks may not be our greatest asset to counter their narrative. Or am I just being a little too stubborn, do you think? No. Yeah. So as you can see, you know, if you've heard me say before, I've been on debate teams with presidential candidates. There are always expectation games. You can see my expectations going into tonight are chud. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dweller. That's where my expectations are going into tonight. So the good news is Mike Pence, Mike Pence is going to probably impress me because I'm pretty confident going in that he won't. So that's a preview of my uplifting and outstanding analysis I'm looking forward to giving this evening here on Blaze TV. Uh, if you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, use the promo code DEBATE when you go to blazetv.com. The promo code DEBATE and get $20 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV so that you can watch our post-debate coverage tonight and with all the other debates and all the other stuff that we do here on Blaze TV. Promo code DEBATE to get $20 off. You know, we do a lot of cool things for our pets. We take them walking. Some of you take them running, which looks hard, so I don't do it. Um, we even feed them, and all those things are great. We pet them. We love on them. We buy them chew toys, rub their bellies. But you know what our dog needs a lot, too? Nutrients, because chances are he's not getting it from that store-bought food that you bought him. It's probably sterilized and dead as a doornail like a lot of the food that we buy in stores these days. That's why we humans are taking so many supplements. Your dog needs one as well. Thank goodness Rough Greens is there. It'll put all the good stuff missing in your dog's food right back in, a powder that you mix in with your dog's food that apparently tastes great, at least as according to my dog, Cap. And it's got all the antioxidants, the omega oils, the vitamins, minerals, pre-probiotics, the your dog needs and you can go and get the rough greens jumpstart bag today for just $14.95 and see if you don't see a difference in your dog your dog's not feeling better in two weeks or less when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze r-u-f-f is the website how it's spelled roughgreens.com slash blaze all right before we get back to buy seller hold you had a football question you wanted to ask well me. listen it it's absolutely better to have better football games. 
but I also don't want these programs to die. What we have now is already a form of charity by doing yeah. these games. Mm-hmm. Why don't let's just forget we all know what's going on. Why don't we, you know, better games, more eyeballs, make more money, and have a pot set aside from the Power Five to fund the Mac? We, I don't have a problem with any of that. Or, or what you could do in a 12 game schedule, you have 10 conference games, right? Everybody plays, well, you know, the Big 12 couldn't play 10. So everybody plays nine. Everybody does. All right. The same amount of conference games. Everybody has then three, con- or you take a game away. Um, because you're going to add to the playoff. You know, you expand the playoff, so there's going to be an extra game there. So now you play 11 game seasons because these conferences don't want to lose their conference championship games because that's money that they all get to keep and not share with everybody else. And they're huge cash cows. Like the Big Ten, Big Ten makes like $30 million a year off its championship game alone, okay? So you go to 11 game schedules, everybody plays nine conference games, um, and then you get two non-conference games, and one of them is against one of these group of five teams. You know what I'm saying? So Michigan's going to, Ohio State's going to play like Cincinnati and Michigan's going to play like Western Michigan and Iowa, you know, is going to play, um, well, Northern Iowa's not one of these teams, but somebody like that. Okay. And and those teams get TV deals and everything else. And and they should also be playing more of their games on weeknights yes. where the ratings will be massive for them. Yep. Yeah. And they are right now when they play on weeknights. So yeah, there's things that we can do. And I think fans are kind of going to, once they get a taste of, so we're watching good games every week. Every day of every uh, week. Yeah, so so un- unless we're playing Kansas this week or Rutgers this week or Vanderbilt this week, every other game, every other week in every other league is a, is, is a losable game, like almost like the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Once you give fans a taste of that, I think it's going to be hard to put the genie back in the bottle and say, all right, Play two FC, play two one double A schools and a directional school, and have four meaningful games a year, and pay me these huge dollars for season tickets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. So, I, and, and Nick Saban's been talking about that. He's been like, "Hey, you know, now that this is out in the open, I just think this will have to go along with an expansion of the playoffs, because if you're only going to put four playoff teams in there, then um, does nine and two in the Big Twelve is that as difficult as going?" eight and three in the sec and then so how do you parse that you know what i mean so one way you, you you parse that is you don't you don't you just expand the playoff so more teams get in which is what they should have done already so aaron go ahead up next is sean stimson who says buy sell hold the next presidential debate will happen and trump will be just as <clears throat> aggressive as the first debate Sell. So, one of those two things will not occur You've already got Biden out there saying, hey, if the president doesn't test, I think he just said this like an hour ago, if the president doesn't test negative, we're not having a debate. I'll go back to what I said last Wednesday. If I'm on the, it it is, it's, dude, I I hope they show up, but just strictly from an analytical standpoint, it is is strategic malfeasance for Joe Biden to show up at another debate. He got out of there for 90 minutes and, and, and Trump didn't make him talk for more than a 30 seconds one time. Didn't have to flash any dementia really at all. Um, got to look vibrant, aggressive, and yeah, he turned some people off by getting in the sewer with Trump. But that's not nearly as damaging as oh, Joe. That that that's the moment that couldn't happen. And I warned you guys for weeks and months and months and weeks. 
building an, you're, you're the incumbent. You have a record building an entire reelect campaign off the hopes that one night in front of 90 million people, a guy with dementia, who, by the way, has done this for 47 years, just gets dementia that night and you win. How many times did I do that rant? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did I not warn everybody ahead of time for weeks and months? I don't think this is a good strategy. You have a record. Run on it. Well, now here we are. I, if I'm the Biden campaign, I'm going to come up with, I mean, I, I, there's no way I'm doing that debate. No way. And he's given me a million excuses that uh, justifications that I can just spin to my advantage. Not the least of which is he just tested positive for coronavirus. And I'm also in the highest risk age group at 75 years old. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, there's no way I'm doing that. So pray that he does. But I do think if they do it again, you will see more of the Trump you saw over the weekend from the hospital than what you saw last Tuesday. I'm going to buy because we can't have nice things. And also the Amy Comey Barrett factor. I mean, unless this is just totally butchered, this is going to swing things uh, in the favor of Republicans in the next couple of weeks. And he's just going to, when is the next debate scheduled for, isn't it? A week from Thursday. So it's right in the middle of the hearings. Mm -hmm. I think he might be, he might be forced to come out of hiding based on that, unless we just totally drop the ball. Up next, we've got Steve W. who says, Trump wins Minnesota by three points. I don't know. I, I don't know. Did Minnesota was my one of my gray states, remember? Mm-hmm. Where I thought it was so close and I thought there'd be so much voter fraud, so I, I don't... I'll buy. I'll, I'll, Did you see that map? So I have to sell. I got to sell because on my map, I don't, I don't know if today was the election. I don't know who would win that state. I retweeted a map from some guy I haven't heard of, but he laid out his. Well, it's I, your old, uh, you, you know him, uh, Macaulay. Yeah, that guy. I, he said I called this and this, and I called this and this, and so he had the, a background of the debate. Who? He, Kevin uh, McCullough? I think I that. Yeah, that's. I think that's his name. Who is that? But anyways, I retweeted. He just said this is going to be a resounding Trump victory. It's a. You'll, you'll have to see that map, and it's we won't who do is, it. Who is he? Well, I don't know who he is. I'm just... Who is he, Aaron? Uh, he's a radio host. I thought you knew him. Oh, Kevin McCullough. Yeah. I thought you said McCoy. No, McCullough. Oh, yeah. I used to work with Kevin McCullough. Oh. Yeah. But you should look at his map, because yeah. he, he it's painted in with a lot of red, and the only Midwestern state that he does not have going to trump is illinois if memory serves. now i don't know what his methodology is it's just another country heard of heard from but kevin's a smart guy you know i hope he's right okay i i don't i don't know i don't know um and when i thought things were a lot more certain a week and a half ago when i put that map out i still didn't know who was going to win, win, win minnesota there or then so i've at least got to put a hold on it i don't know aren't minnesota and michigan just based on what ground central of lockdowns and ground central of BLM. Yeah. Just like a sobering up possibility of those votes in those places. In terms of, and I have not checked in the last few weeks, and I don't know how much it's being abided by, but in terms of the written policy, the last time I checked, Minnesota had the most draconian mask mandate within the Big Ten foot, you know, Rust Belt Big Ten footprint. How that's being abided by, those of you that live in Minnesota can tell me. 
Um, if that's changed, I don't know. But last time I did a survey around the states here in our footprint, Minnesota's mask mandate in terms of what's written down was the most draconian one. Yeah. Uh, up next, we've got Captain Fats, who says uh, Christian refugees from California will turn purplish states like Colorado, Arizona, and Nevada red. Uh, sell. Why are you going to sell? Uh, Christian refugees from California. Meaning people fleeing the rainbow jihad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I, I show me some, show me some numbers. That seems more like a sentiment. I, I, I mean, there's there's people fleeing. Uh, to be sure, and it has been going on for quite some time. I, I, I think they fit a lot of economic demographics uh, as well. I, I, listen, I'm optimistic enough to say that there's enough of America that does not want to be a crazy leftist land of insanity. But this sounds too doughy-eyed to me. To turn them to... I mean. To a, uh, you, you seem to be implying that this, you know, locking them in. Nothing's locked in. By the way, breaking, I'll answer this question yeah. in a minute. Breaking news from the White House, the president's physician uh, has released a statement saying that the president has a detectable level of antibodies. A detectable level of COVID-19 antibodies. So, um, I'm going to sell. And the reason I'm going to sell is not because I don't think the tyranny is going to just continue to get ramped up in California. It's, I hate myself for what I'm about to say. I just think a lot of believers would be okay with it. Or figure, eh, some way to work around it. Go with it. That's otherwise a state like California wouldn't have descended into the mouth of madness that it's already in. Right. I mean, how many many massive do John MacArthur's in California, Rick Warren's in California. And I'm not drawing an equivalency between John MacArthur or Rick Warren, but you see where I'm going with this. I mean, Greg, um, uh, who's the guy that sells out the massive stadiums with the, uh, the Calvary Chapel guy, Greg, uh, Greg Laurie, thank you, Aaron. These guys are all out in California. I mean, still, a, a lot of the largest evangelical churches in the country are in California, more so than South Carolina, guys. And yet, look at yeah. what has happened to the culture of the state. Yeah, so, I, I just... We're thinking along the same lines. I, it I, might be a lighter shade of purple in some of those states. I just don't, you're not going to No, gonna what's going to flee, what, here's what's going to happen, because we're already seeing it. What's going to happen is a bunch of lefties who can't afford to live there will flee. And they will go to places like Texas and then just vote for the same candidates yeah. that, they were, that they fled their own states for, because we're already seeing that. Yeah. That's already what we're seeing. So that's what's going to happen. I just, I don't, I don't, <laughs> this next part we're never putting out on social media for promotion Aaron understand sure okay you want to know why 
a little pissant at a funeral home in the UK thought that he could even begin to interrupt two sons comforting their mom at their father's funeral because it w- <laughs> men such males I should say such as those two sons sent a signal many many moons ago that their balls are in a jar do you want to know why they're rolling up to, uh, these marauding rioters are just rolling up on you at your dinner table while you're at a bar or a restaurant because you and I have sent them the signal we will do nothing about it Because when they rolled up on us on our Facebook pages, we ran. When they rolled up on us on our YouTube channels, we ran. So we ran virtually, which means we told them we're going to run physically. And then since we they let we rolled up, they rolled up on us in person in public, and nobody did a damn thing about it. If you know what I'm saying, they're next going to come to your front door. Because this is who bullies are. We used to understand this. I unfortunately understand it too well because I was raised in a home like this. But we used to understand this until we had um, zero tolerance policies and anti-bullying message. We used to understood to understand, you know, when when a kid named Nick picked on me at Lincoln High School, my junior year in high school, over and over and over again. And, you know, I wasn't sure if Nick had buddies. I was new to the school, so I let it go on. Not sure if I'd get jumped, you know. If I defend myself against Nick, do three guys jump me in the locker room? I don't know. Until one day, Nick undercut me after I stole the ball from him and went up for a layup playing basketball in gym class. And I and almost seriously injured me. And in front of the entire class and the gym teacher, I got up, grabbed the basketball, walked over to Nick. I was five feet from him. I threw it at his freaking face as hard as I could to stagger him. And then I jumped his poop and beat the piss out of him right there in the gym class in front of everybody. Don't ever do that again. And the gym teacher let it go until it was until I drew blood and it was clear I had the advantage. And then he came up, broke it up. So that's enough. And Nick and I were pals the rest of the year. We got along great. We don't allow that anymore. We don't do that anymore. And so we've kind of forgotten what a bully is, how a bully behaves. Maybe if we go to Afghanistan and give them a jobs program. Maybe maybe if we send them to Iraq and we have uh, rules of engagement that put a condom on the guns. They'll like us. We've forgotten. What a bully is, what a bully does, how a bully is stopped. And so because we have permitted it to get this far, it's going to go further, further. I'm not going to say what I was about to say because it would go viral and I don't want it to. But So I'm not going to single anybody out. But the reality is, That if more churches in the state of California were interested in making a cultural impact, the state would not be in the position that it's in, period. Instead, several large and respected churches thought they basically practiced kind of two kingdoms theology. Well, you know, we're the city of God. That's the city of man. They do their thing there and we're doing our thing here. 
now you did your thing for a while and they let you do that till they got power and control. And now they want to tell you um, when you can have your church or not at all, whether you can open your doors or all at all. There's something in the human condition that we prefer to wait to fight until we have to. And then we're usually outnumbered. I like to get it done early when I think I've got the advantage. I like to have the fight as soon as I think I have a chance and an advantage. That way, I'm on offense. I'm, I'm the one at least dictating the terms here of when we're going to go. But most human beings are like, eh, whatever, not the time. Men, this is a Nehemiah 13 moment. When we sign off today, open up your Bibles, read Nehemiah 13, the entire chapter. If you do not have the stomach for these times, you're not a terrible person. It just means, though, you need to get the hell out of the way of those of us who do, okay? Because these are the times in which we live, and that is what must be done about them. You are dealing with bullies. Now, if you want to tell me, you know what, Steve, we're going to do what the early church did, and we're willing to be martyred. You know what? I won't even argue with that. Okay. At least you've picked a, you've picked a path of, of impact. We kind of have this, we're in this no man's land where we don't want to suffer for our cause, right? You know, we're not willing to like suffer for our cause. You want to know what stopped the gladiator games in Rome? A monk. A monk was sitting in the stands, was incensed by what he had seen, what he was witnessing. And he went down into the arena in the Colosseum. Yelled at the people in the middle of their frothing mouths, make this stop, this is evil, it's bad. They killed him where he stood. And the scene was so striking and vile that it mobilized the people of Rome against the games. Now, if you want to tell me you want it, you're willing to do that, I won't argue with that, would you? No. No, no, I won't argue with that. Are we doing that, though? No. No. So we're not going to confront them Either in the streets aggressively or at the ballot box, nor are we going to confront them passively with our own witness like the early church did. We're not going to do either one. So then what are we going to do? Probably nothing would be my guess. Nothing, I guess. Because history shows that other path I just mentioned, that does work. It does work. So we got here from the Christian church in the first place. But there's multiple ways to have a confrontation. It doesn't always have to be violent. I'd prefer that it not be. And there's been plenty of times when the church has had its best moments when the confrontation wasn't violent or the violence was only only done by one side. But that's still a confrontation. When Polycarp says to the Roman centurion, I'm not bowing to Caesar. That's a confrontation. He knows what the penalty for this will be, right? Mm-hmm. He knows what is going to happen to him. A confrontation has taken place. Are you willing? You sure he's hey, and, and, and he called their bluff. Said, "I don't think you guys are really going to light me on fire." Well, they did. But notice, we don't remember any of those Roman centurions' names, but we remember his. We won't lose a job a relationship, a paycheck, nothing. 
So then there's no confrontation happening, either not aggressively or passively. Then you're just emboldening more bullying. That's all you're doing. If a bully is not afraid of either a punch in the mouth or being publicly shamed for showing who they really are in public, you know what they're going to continue to do to you? Bully you. We have incentivized this getting to this point because we didn't put it down or call it out when we had the chance. We hid. I mean, I, I, I know sometimes you have to do this. But guys, I'm getting I'm getting emails every day from people telling me, "Don't use my name. I can't talk about this publicly." Does the guy holding the drag queen story time hour at your library? Does he, the first words he says when he when he speaks to your kids with his nipples out, with a pasty on him, and his balls dangling from his panties. This the first thing he says to you, mom and dad. Hey, don't use my name. Don't tell him cinnamons here. Because I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't want this to get out. No! He's Facebook live in it. Uh, you know, I don't even know where we're at. I'm sorry, Aaron. Keep going. Uh, let's see. This one segues nicely. Elliot Evans says the winner of the NFC East <laughs> will have a record under 500. <laughs> I love it. Bye. I'll buy it. Sure. Bye. Yeah. Next, uh, Marcus that's, Beer that's on says... That's for the Steve Day Show. I just removed my spleen. Anyway, who do you think's winning the NFC East? <laughs> I love it. That's perfect. Beautiful. Um, Marcus Buer says, The Super Bowl will be won in the most 2020 way, a game-losing snap out of the back of the end zone. If you buy this, if you don't buy this, I, I have nothing for you. Sure. Why not? So... Bradley Schick says Ohio State football will allow fans in the stands for the week of the game. Bye. Bye. Chris Goble says rankings of the least important elections of our lifetimes. He says the third least important election of our lifetimes was 2012 Obama-Romney, number two, 1992 Clinton-Bush, and number one, 1996 Clinton-Dole. Least important elections. Though that's a really good list. I'm, I I can't argue with it, man. That's a really good list. Yeah. And just the fact that it's least important, you had me at that. So, yes. Next, we've got a Russ Salerno who says, top five Van Halen songs mm -hmm. of uh, all time. Good day time. to do this with mm -hmm. the passing of Eddie Van Halen. Absolute legend. Yes. Uh, number one, Jump. I'm okay. It it, it, most people would put it number one, but number two would be my number one. I think Panama is the best Van Halen song. Number two, Panama. Yeah, that would be my number one. But I'm okay with Jump being number one. It was their only number one song. Or their first number one song, I should say. So I'm fine with it. Number three, Running With The Devil. I'm, I got to sell on this whole list because it's all... Van there's Halen. no There's no, no Van there's Hagar no, on it. I mean, yeah, I just... I'm, I like Van, I like Van I, Hagar. I love Van Hagar. Yeah. I'm not against any of these songs, but Running I... Running With The Devil is a quintessential... Van Halen song. What were the other two? I'm fine with that being on the list. The other two? Ain't talking about love, love and, and hot No way I'd have those. Like Those songs should not be like a hit of Dreams, for example. Um, uh, no. No. I, the other two songs I gotta sell. There, there's at least gotta be a couple yeah. Van Hagar songs on there. At least a couple. Yeah. But God uh, bless, God rest his soul. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. what legend. a cool dude. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep. Next is Ed Grant, who says, if Trump wins, Apprentice Trump will show up and starts firing people, beginning with Fauci. Sal, so, let's slow your roll. This is like Iowa State fans right now. They just lost like two weeks ago against Louisiana, and all you hear them talking about, they've had two legit good wins. We're, we're going to win the conference now. It's insane. Just settle down. Just win the election. See, I think there's, I'm going to sell because I think there's actually far more likelihood Trump will fire Fauci if he loses. All right. I, I mean, I, I think if he loses <laughs> those, does. Th- those last yes. two and a half months, man, I think I we're just checking boxes of grievances is what I think. I think we're, I think it's just that it's Michael Corleone at the end of Godfather 2 at the christening. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. We're just family businesses getting settled. Okay, on the yeah. way out the door. Pardons are being passed out like, like you know, Fruit Loops. Okay, that's what I think. All right, but we'll see. We'll find out what Daniel Horowitz thinks about that when we come back in a moment. You know, the average American has a ton, like maybe almost 100 points waiting out there. Uh, that would boost their credit score, but isn't quite sure how to acquire them. That's where ScoreMaster comes in. It's the new credit science that super boosts your credit score. Here's how. Because it shows you how your credit score actually came about. It walks you through that process, lays everything bare, makes it all transparent, and then gives you a path for how you can get to the score that you want, the actions specifically that you need to take. This information is what the banks have, but it's really the information that you ought to have because it's your life and ScoreMaster gives it to you. In fact, here's what happens when you're empowered with this kind of data. The average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score about 60 points in 20 days or less, and that can make a huge difference whether you get approved for a loan, but then the kind of interest rate that you are Uh, that you're offered for a home or auto loan or a business loan, even if you can get approval. So if you want to check it out right now, you can enroll in minutes, see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score when you visit scoremaster.com slash Steve. Again, that's scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's welcome in our weekly prophet of woe and lamentation. Our good friend Daniel Horowitz here to take us inside politics. Good to see you, brother. How are you? I'm doing all right, alive and kicking. So I was listening to your podcast yesterday, I think it was, and you had mentioned that we need to begin preparing ourselves in case Trump loses. In in our conversation this week, Daniel, that is what I want us to do, actually. Okay. I want I want us to have a conversation about what happens on November the third if Trump loses. The, and and let's start here. Does the future post-November 3rd, is it impacted not just if he loses, but how? For example, if it's a blowout, then the immediate aftermath will be blank. If it's excruciatingly close and it was clear that they went into the courts in order to contrive an outcome with you know mail-in voter fraud, then the immediate aftermath will be B. See what I'm saying? So, does the manner in which Trump loses play into what happens after or is it just any loss so steve i I just first want to say i don't want trump to lose and i'm not saying he for sure will lose um but i think it's important at this point that we don't put all all of our eggs into this basket of oh my gosh 2016 is going to repeat itself and there's nothing to worry about and conversely if trump does lose we're going to die 
you know, that's the lesson of the panic porn from the virus, the lack of faith in God. God gives us opportunities and certain challenges with every foreseeable outcome in life. And sometimes you want a certain outcome, but if you are are basically confronted with the other side, you got to make the most of it. And there are usually things to utilize, and there are things to latch out to, and, and we could discuss what some of those things are that I think could even turn out to be better in the long run. Um, as far as the amount of the loss, the, the size of the, the, the loss, I really don't think that makes a difference. Um, fundamentally, Trump is not the Republican Party. The media doesn't view him as such. They view him as his own animal. I don't think it's going to reverberate across every, you know, every sector of politics. I think they're going to say it was a repudiation of Trump's personality, no, no matter what. Now, obviously, when you have a razor thin loss, especially if it winds up going to litigation, yeah, I mean that's a different story, and um, you know anyone could spin that the way they want. But I think if it's any reasonable loss, from there to a blowout, I don't think it matters. And in fact, if it's a real blowout, Steve, I think it might play better for us because then it will be clear it's all about personality and you know what else is going to happen the left is going to so overplay their hand that i think we will have a huge opportunity in red states to finally do frankly what the blue states are already doing on the virus on crime on sanctuary cities whatever they want which is ultimately what we need we need a national divorce we're not going to save the whole country but right now we have 50 state tyranny to some degree we need to make some red states red again. And I think that is, to me, the biggest ancillary benefit of a potential Trump loss and what we need to latch on to. But make no mistake about it. This is going to be all about Trump's personality if he loses. The morning console Politico was out with a poll today that showed the Democrats are getting crushed on the messaging on the Supreme Court. That's not just the Supreme Court. That's everything. Steve, I mean, that's fundamental rights. Here's what's important about what you yeah. just said. When when Politico's morning consult is at, is is calling, pe- presuming they didn't just make the poll up, when, but when they're actually mm-hmm. conducting an actual poll, they're not. The question that they're asking people is not something like, "Do you think a president should be able to use their entire term to make appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court?" That, that's that's not the question, right? The question they're going to ask is something like, "Don't you believe that?" Um, that President Trump should wait until after the election to fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat uh, because uh, he might lose. It'll be something like that. Yep. All right, they're going to frame the question from. It's going to be like a Chris Wallace debate moderation. Every question's framed from the other guy's perspective. Okay, so knowing that that knowing that going in that that's the way they framed the question, and then they still got those results. That is what matters to me more than anything else. Because, Steve, the point is not so much whether people think mechanically you have the moral uh, fortitude and and rationale and justification to appoint a Supreme Court justice in your final months of your presidency. It's not over that. It's fundamentally the public for decades has sided with us on the issue of the courts. They understand what a lunatic liberal judge means. They're not scared of conservative judges. There's no such thing that that just, you know— imbues them with this sense of fear and panic. Oh my gosh, we're going to have these conservative judges. Everyone knows what a liberal judge means. And that's really the fundamentals. I mean, we're seeing that everywhere. And this could have allowed Trump to parlay the campaign into what is a fundamental right. These are the people that are literally shutting down churches and synagogues and businesses while allowing criminals and illegal aliens to run loose. 
they're saying there's a fundamental right to have voting postmarked after the election date, but you don't have a right to serve God. You don't have the right to walk and breathe free air. I mean, these are the issues that the Democrats cannot win on. They're not winning on the issues. And I think this is just what's so frustrating about our conversation last week about the debate and the missed opportunity, which I think we now see was not just a missed opportunity, but kind of slid backwards for Trump. And it's it, it just there's so much ground to be made. I agree with your assessment that this is extremely volatile. So I think the good news is the same way he slid backwards. I think he could slide forward. Steve, I think he needs to give a national address from the Oval Office about coronavirus. In light of the fact that he has it, he got it. The doctor said he's symptom-free, um, fever-free for four days. He has antibodies, and everyone knows what that means. I think now is the time for him to take Scott Atlas's message of it's time to confront this directly Everyone's going to be exposed to it. You can't run or hide from it. The question is, are you going to destroy our values, our society, our education, our mental and physical health in the process? Oh, or are we going to have a vision of locking everyone down while allowing violent anarchists to run loose? That is a message they cannot win on, just like they can't win on the courts. And this is really what it's about. My fear just in terms of the election is that the time is running out. It's kind of like, you know, a team that really gets rejuvenated in the fourth quarter. And it's just a question of do you have enough time on the clock to put enough points on the board and have enough possessions of the ball to even make a difference? Uh, that's really the question at this point. He's definitely behind to some degree. I don't think anyone could deny that at this point. Um, but nonetheless, again, Steve, the Democrats are going to come and they're going to induce fascism. There won't be any nuance with Redfield and Fauci and Trump's mixed mix message. It'll be very clear where it's coming from. The red states will actually finally push back against it. There's a lot we can do with that eventuality, and a lot of it is going to stem and hinge upon local activism. And I think that's really where we need to think or get our minds straight, regardless of what happens with the presidential election. If he loses November 3rd, he still holds that office for about two and a half more months. And no more elections. He wouldn't have one if he won re-election, but he'd still have a midterm and a responsibility to maintain some form of balance, decorum, you know, uh, representation. I mean, if he loses, he is free of any encumbersome, any, any encumbered burdens. He's just, he's going to wield a lot of power, have a lot of free time, and negative integer accountability what would donald trump do in that environment do you think like would we see like hey for christmas we're gonna have uh for christmas this year tours of area 51 i mean that i mean could we literally just see this guy go that elmo on fire gif because you kind of get a you got a you got a brief preview of this i thought last night where he it was just like festivus just like Dude, just start like naming stuff. We're gonna do this, that, this, that, that. Okay, the, he's, he's sitting in there for two and a half months, and he lost, but he is still wielding all that power. What do you think he would do in that scenario? I really think the the media is just gonna delegitimize him, and I think his focus will be on vendettas. I mean, I, I think it's gonna be more personal. All right, than I'm global. listening. I'm listening. I'm so, and global. Okay. I mean, Steve, I'm sorry. I, I hate to burst your bubble, but on the flip side, I do think. More than ever, if he does win, you know, I've been very skeptical skeptical about the potential 
um, auspicious outcomes of a second term. And I've always noted that Republican presidents have had worse second terms. And, you know, the same personnel problems we've had are going to dog us. But I do think more than ever that if he does pull it out, he is going to go in a better direction. I, I think that's clear. I think he gets it. I'm more convinced now than ever that he certainly gets our point of view. Um, I'm not going to say we're not going to have personnel issues, but I think the Scott Atlas thing is probably the best thing that has ever happened to us. It's just a crying shame it didn't happen earlier. You know the Republican Party, if he loses, they're going to take what you just said about personality and say that's why we need to go back to these kind of dry uh, technocrats um, that don't meddle in these cultural flashpoint issues, etc. But I think, I, I, but I think with our base, they're going to demand you have to have some pugilistic ability. Maybe everybody thinks Trump took things too far and made it too personal. But the idea that you, you're just going to throw a Mike Pence out there with a forlorn look on his face, who's going to quote stats, and uh, while he's getting called racist, misogynist, xenophobic, homophobe, I don't think our base is going back to that. Even though I think the people running the Republican Party think that they're going back to that, Daniel. This is what they don't understand, and not just because of our base, but because of Democrats and because of independents. So independents, um, again, as we noted from the morning console poll with the, with the courts and many other issues, they don't go for this. They don't want their agenda. If they did, Biden wouldn't have been cornered last week in which he couldn't vouch for the Democrat position on global warming, on lockdowns, on the courts, on many, many other, other issues, on crime and, and the rioting. He could not vouch for it. So the point is the people aren't going to allow it to happen. And then the Democrats are the opposite direction. They're going to go even worse. See, the Democrats get a vote. Uh, you and I know that if Biden wins, he's not going to run on his message the last couple of weeks, which is like, look, you know, I'm a Democrat, but I'm going to be president of all Americans and that type of thing. I mean, this is going to be the full Antifa administration. I mean, you're going to have like BLM and Antifa folks running this administration. So it's going to get worse than ever. And you're going to have that rubber band effect, which is what led to the Trump phenomenon under Obama, it had its roots in the Tea Party. That's not going to go away. That rubber band effect, that polarization is going to get worse and worse. There is no um, market for the Nikki Haley, Mike Pence sort of thing. The only question is, are you going to have except on Fox News up, every night other than probably Tucker Carlson's show? Tucker, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but basically the only question is whether you're going to have uh, someone pick up the mantle from Trump within the Republican Party or whether hopefully we'll finally let the smoldering ashes just go out and form something new. Well, I think this, if he loses, I mean, they're going to get annihilated in the Senate house, everything. Like, oh yeah. It's going to be a, it's going to, it's going to be an annihilation up and down the ballot. All right, Daniel, good stuff, man. Always going to talk to you, even when it's depressing. Thanks for joining us, brother. Take care. All right. See you next week. Take you care. bet. Let's get some reaction. We just heard from Daniel in a moment. But first, if you're thinking of in these unprecedented times, going into the real estate market, make sure you do so. If you're going in, go in for sure, for certain, with an agent. It's going to go all in with you and for you. And you're going to find that agent, name says it all, over at realestateagentsitrust.com. Why they put this website in this business together? Because Glenn Beck and some of his friends got tired of running into agents that talked a good game, but then when they were needed the most, could not deliver the results. And so they endeavored, hey, we don't want to other people to suffer what we have. So let's do something about it. And they have a network of fully vetted and held accountable agents across the country whose track record of success has been proven. 
And you're going to find one just about, I'm sure there's some remote outposts somewhere you can move to where we can't help you. But for the most part, anywhere you'd want to move these days, we can find you an agent that you can trust at realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, thoughts on the conversation that Daniel and I had, taking a look towards the future if Trump were to lose. What'd you think? So I agree that Donald Trump would definitely have the impulses that you talked about, might even try to act upon them as well. But for the same reason that the Bill Bars of the world have done absolutely nothing other than give great speeches for the last couple of years, I am not so sure. I'm not so sure that whoever the infrastructure contains or entails to do some of the things that you've mentioned that could happen in that two and a half months between the election and the inauguration, I don't think that those things will actually happen because who carries out those edicts? It's other people. It's other people. And I I just, I I know we're grasping at at things to actually look forward to, but I, I just don't, in fact, because of what we talked about earlier, rewarding the type of behavior that we see from the left in any given day this year, rewarding that. You know what's actually, in my mind, more likely to actually happen is, for some reason, we just we actually go through with the coup. Uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi uh, f- somehow, some way, uh, finds that uh, Donald Trump is a clear and present danger, and we have him marched out of the White House in cu- handcuffs, something like that. Just something magical and stupid and completely, completely uh, akin to a coup, an actual coup. I, I think that's actually more uh, likely that- to happen than than tours of Area 51 on Christmas Day. But then again, I'm just jaded, so... Well, I I don't have any sense of hope for what Donald Trump will or won't do. I mean, I'm all about just not giving the levels of power to people that have no sense of what reality is and don't care anymore. I, I Just Donald Trump sitting there for four years smoking a cigarette would be better than what the alternative is. So... Don't disagree. I don't disagree. All right. That'll do it for today. We are back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 3, 17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.